Hey, Green Future Growers. Welcome to Season 4. I'm your host, Jackie Marie Beyer. I'm here to help you create, grow, and enjoy your own organic oasis. I hope you'll subscribe for free on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. And let's get growing. Welcome to the Green Organic Garden. It is Tuesday, February 22nd, 2022, Palindrome Day. And listeners, I have an awesome guest on the line who um, is going to tell us like about things that I'm super interested in. So from Brooklyn Rooftop Botanicals, here's Liana Bloomquist. So welcome to the show, Liana. Hi, thank you, Jackie. Lovely to be on with you today. Hey. <laughs> Well, it is a beautiful, sunny, snowy day here, super cold, but um, just absolutely gorgeous. So uh, what's it like in Brooklyn? To, I mean, my mom, my family's in New York. I actually went to college at Pratt Institute in Brooklyn. And oh, so amazing. I kind of know the area a little bit. I mean, that was a long time ago, but um, what did, you guys have cold, right? Do you, you have snow still? Um, no, it's, it's, it's cold. It's, well, it's not that cold. It's around like 50 today. Um, but you know, it kind of goes up and down. It's a little, it's a little wacky doodle here with uh, the weather. Um, so there, I mean, there was a little bit of snow last week, uh, but it did completely melt now. Um, so it's, it's pretty overcast and just, you know, a little bit sunny, but a little bit, you know, and it's 50 degrees Fahrenheit. So it's not too bad. <laughs> so tell listeners like about your space and, and a little bit about you, like your background and, and how you got into and, and, and about what rooftop botanicals are. Yes, of course, I'd love to. So um, yeah, so I'm, I'm Liana Blumquist. Um, I am the CEO and founder of Brooklyn Rooftop Botanicals, which is New York City's first and only rooftop beauty farm. Um, and I, I keep telling people this, like, don't quote me on this, but um, I think it's also the first beauty farm in the country. Um, and basically what we do is that we grow over 50 different types of beauty botanicals uh, that we then process into extracts to create products out of. Um, and I started uh, Brooklyn Rooftop Botanicals, I would say, honestly, like back in 2018 is when like the, the idea really came into my head. And over like two years after that, I, um, I was still in my old previous job, which I'll talk about in a little bit. But uh, then like for two years, it was a lot of researching, taking a lot of classes, um, you know, really getting my knowledge up to date in terms of formulating. Um, and I was, I would say really May of last year is when I, uh, went full gung ho on Brooklyn rooftop botanicals and, and really, um, did what I, what I wanted to do, which was to grow, you know, kind of some, some certain types of beauty botanicals to then create products out of which, um, I have just launched my first product, which is a, uh, rose and chamomile extract, uh, gel moisturizer that has hyaluronic acid as well, glycerin, vitamin E, squalene. Um, it's a, just a lightweight, easy gel moisturizer that you know anybody with sensitive skin also can use because it's fragrance-free, it's dermatologist approved, um, and also pregnancy safe. Uh, got all these things tested and, and kind of looked at um, to make sure you know everything's compliant. Um, and yeah, and basically, so it's my first product and I am looking to, uh, make more products. Um, you know, I'm, I'm currently formulating and testing out a few different options to, to look at launching within this year. Uh, and yeah, I have currently three rooftop spaces. Um, uh, I am unfortunately losing one, but you know, it, it's, uh, it's not that 
terrible because I'm expanding on the other rooftop that I uh, acquired last year. So, um, but basically it was three spaces. Uh, they were around 2000 square feet in total. Um, but, you know, since they're, they are private residences, um, you know, it, it's not that I was taking over the entire space with lots of green roofing, right? It was mostly just planters. Um, and so, they were between, they are between East Williamsburg and downtown Brooklyn. Uh, I'm losing the downtown Brooklyn one, but as I said, I'm expanding uh, the, on the other one in East Williamsburg a little bit more. So more planters on that one, thankfully. Um, and yeah, and so how, how I started uh, or like what's my background is that I, I am half French, half American. Um, I grew up between Europe uh, and the United States, um, in Europe, mostly in London and then in the south of France in a town called Grasse, which is the perfume capital of the world. Um, and then in New Jersey, I was uh, in the United States, I was in New Jersey, and that's where I did uh, kind of my middle school and high school years. Um, and I would say that I really started like my little, my gardening, you know, uh, and beauty uh, path uh, where uh, in Grasse actually, I was really always exposed to the perfume factories and always visiting the various uh, beauty botanical farms. So, you know, and my mom was a gardener. Um, she loved plants. Uh, so she was always gardening in the South of France or in London or in New Jersey. So I was helping her out here and there. So I would say like, I, I really kind of got, got an understanding of plants and like that's how my, it kind of sparked my passion as, as time went on. Um, but I was also very much into beauty. Um, I was very fascinated by the beauty world and again perfumes and things like that. So I started uh, as a salesperson when I was living in New Jersey as a teenager, a young teenager, um, and I worked in a, in a little boutique there called um, Wisteria. And I sold lots of different types of beauty products, such as like La Mer when it first came out, uh, Nature of Bessay, uh, Laurent Mercier, Chantecaille, um, and like lots of lots and lots of others. Um, so it, it kind of like again kept you know pushing my passion in in the in the beauty world. Uh, and then when I went to university, uh, you know, I, I did a couple of different types of marketing um, uh, experiences, and I knew I wanted to go on the business side of, of beauty. Uh, and I started my career um, in the beauty industry in, in London, actually. I did my master's in London, and then I got my first job in London uh, at Elizabeth Arden, which is now owned by Revlon. Uh, and I started there uh, as a fragrance uh, marketing exec, uh, where I was launching uh, celebrity and designer fragrances into the UK. So kind of think about the likes of Nicki Minaj and Britney Spears and Justin Bieber and Taylor Swift and Juicy Couture. So it was extremely, extremely fun um, at the time. Uh, and then after a while, I decided to move back to the United States um, and I went into global marketing and product development, still for fragrances uh, under the Elizabeth Arden brand more specifically and um, launched a, a variety of different types of fragrances uh, there, and then also moved into skincare and again, developed lots of different types of skincare products. Um, and after a while, um, you know, even though I was very much, you know, interested and passionate about the beauty industry, uh, I started gardening here in New York. I, I finally got some outdoor space. And, you know, I, I was, I, came, I started wondering to myself, like, how could I, how could I merge like these kind of passions, both of gardening um, and beauty? 
And as I acquired like a, a larger space of, of my own, I, I started, yeah, growing lots of different types of beauty botanicals. And I, I thought, okay, wouldn't it be great if I could merge the two? Uh, and that's where Brooklyn Rooftop really, really came from. Uh, and hence all of, all of the research uh, and time put into it over the last uh, three to four years now. So yeah. Are you writing the blog post on your website? Your website is just so gorgeous. And like, they're so full of information and there's yes. tons of great, are you doing all of that yourself? So I was for a very long time and I, I do have uh, interns. Um, I have one intern more specifically that helps write the copy um, for, for a lot of the formulation posts because she herself, herself actually formulates a lot too. Um, so we kind of write these pieces together. I focus more on the gardening, I would say, just so we can like split it half, half. Um, yeah. And so she helps me, she helps me a lot with that. Um, and then my other, my other intern helps me, um, with just in general, like content management and posting, just because if I'm here trying to develop products, test products, garden, you know, make sure everything is going according to plan with the, the rooftops, so I need somebody else kind of to help with on the social scene. Um, so yeah. <laughs> But yeah, it's a lot of information. It's amazing <laughs> what you're doing. So Thank you. I do, you know, my first question is really like what grew well this year, but mm -hmm. I almost want to like back up just a bit and like, in case listeners don't know, like what are like botanical plants and plants that you would grow for beauty? Like I'm thinking they're mostly herbs, right? But so it's, about that? it's, you it's there's a lot. Life. I love this. I can talk to you all day long. <laughs> uh, well, you can call me back later if you want. <laughs> um, so that yes, I mean, uh, there, I mean, there are a lot of beauty botanical, uh, beauty botanicals. It's not just herbs. There are some herbs that you can use, um, but there are also tons of plants. There's tons of trees. There's tons of um, flowers. Um, so it's just kind of you know researching, doing the research, and understanding. Um, and kind of looking at your beauty products and like looking at all the different extracts that they use and like understanding what, you know, what all of these, what are these ingredients are. Um, some of like the ones that you probably have heard of are chamomile, um, calendula, uh, you have lavender, um, a little bit more obscure is something called helichrysum, um, which is also called the, the curry plant. Um, there's cornflower as well, which people don't tend to realize that actually it's a really great beauty botanical because it's so soothing um, for your skin. Um, and the list goes on. I mean, I, I also grow um, mints and lemon balms and different all different types of sages. Um, you know, strawberry is also a beauty botanical if you kind of think about it. You, know, you, can, you can dehydrate it, um, get the water, all of it out, grind it up and kind of create glycerin extracts out of them. Um, Anise hyssop is another one. Roses are obviously, you know, um, beauty botanicals as well. Uh, rosemary is a great one for hair. Um, so I kind of look at all of the different types of beauty botanicals that are out there. And then I, I kind of research to see like what, first of all, how, what's the best way to process it? You know, does it have more of the um, water uh, water soluble type of extracts that you can then use uh, and, 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 and dissolve it or yeah, dissolve it, solve it uh, in water? Or do you have to do um, a, a distillation extraction or is it better to oil infuse? Um, you know, obviously there are plants that are then 
there are plants that you need to process further, um, you know, to remove certain components and component ingredients in them that could potentially be harmful for the end consumer. So that's just something else that to think about and that I know um, that, you know, I want to kind of think about for the future to see how, you know, how that's possible. Where did you learn all this? This is like amazing. <laughs> a lot of reading, a lot of research. Um, you know, I knew some of it, of course, with my beauty background. Um, but yeah, it's just through a lot of reading, a lot of research uh, as but I like, continue. Are there, like, are you reading books or research yeah. on the internet or like? I'm reading. I have tons of books. Um, I am reading a lot on the internet. It's also just a lot of YouTube. But then also when you, as you start like picking, finding and, and researching online to see like what, what are the actual botanical extracts that are in beauty products that you use on a day-to-day -day basis, you start to realize, oh, that's what that is. And then, so you start, I start to then look at, okay, well then how do you grow it? And so it, it kind of like starts sticking in your head as you start doing that over and over again with all these various different botanicals. But yeah, a lot of, a lot of books. <laughs> uh so what is something that grew well this year then? Um, so this past year, I grew a lot of chamomile. Um, I was very, very impressed at actually at how good of a botanical, a beauty botanical chamomile is because you start, it, it self-seeds. It, so people call it an annual, but I, I kind of see it as a self-seeding annual if you just leave it be, some of the, some of the flowers be, um, where basically it, if it self seeds, it then like starting in like now I can start seeing little chamomile plants forming. Um, and by the time it, it reaches May, it's already blooming. And then every time that you deadhead just a couple of flowers, new flowers come out. So, and you kind of, you can do this until basically September. Um, so you don't have to just cull down the plants. Like after it flowers, you can just keep dead ending it and the flowers will keep coming back. And from a beauty, but a beauty botanical perspective, if you want to use chamomile in your formulas, you, you need the flowers. So it's, it's kind of a, a great, a great beauty botanical in that sense. Um, and, you know, very impressed with how it performed last year on the rooftop. I thought it was gonna be way too hot for it, but no, it did very, very well. Um, corn flower is another one. I don't think people tend to realize that corn flour is super, super easy. Um, what's great about it is it does, you know, kind of pop up on the earlier side and same with chamomile. If you deadhead the flowers, they kind of, they come back. Um, and so between, you know, the corn flour and the chamomile last year, it was just like an endless harvest. I thought I was going to just harvest them up all the way up until August, but it was like kind of end of September, almost beginning of October that I, I kept taking taking the flowers off and you and dehydrating and using them so yeah and how do you harvest them do you just like cut the flower right at the base of the stem or do you cut the stem and then pull so the just at the base or? just at the base of the of the of the flower the calyx so just like right underneath of it um and do you pick them or do you use like a pruner i pick them <laughs> and picked <Sweet. laughs> yeah it's a so i have two rooftops right now so i, I can do it and you know with with everything that I'm doing and with a little bit of the help that I'm getting with my interns. Um, I mean, they kind of came on later in the year last year. So I was doing a lot of everything myself. Um, but since I do only have two rooftops, you know, it, it's fairly okay for me to, to be able to do that. And what made you pick rooftops just because it was a space? Like, how did you get into that? And then you have, like I saw in the pictures, it looks like there's like deep beds and are they like on casters? So you can like move them around or like, 
yeah exactly so uh rooftops because i i live in brooklyn uh and i'm not going anywhere <laughs> um and you know i don't I, I i'm not planning i love the city i don't i don't want to leave the city i think there is so much to do in a city um you know it's and i think when it came down to it for me it's I had my rooftop and, you know, I did quite understand that, you know, unfortunately, like the city that we live in, as time goes on, more and more people are actually going to come to the city. There's a stat out there. Uh, I think it's by 2050, uh, the UN predicts like two thirds of the world's populations is actually going to, is actually going to live in cities. So for me, kind of understanding that, you know, I live in a city and understanding that the pollution is going to increase because there's going to be more people living in cities. Like I wanted to be a part of this movement to help, you know, counteract the pollution. You know, I'm very, very worried, worried about climate change. It's something that's on my mind very often. Um, so for me, it's like, okay, well, what better way to do this than to, you know, build out unused roofs into green roofs or roofs with gardens to help mitigate Number one, the pollution, and number two, um, the toxic storm runoff that happens when every time that there's a huge storm, right? Um, and another thing was that okay, um, I don't think people realize that their ingredients that they that they're using in their products comes from such far away places. As I was researching for my first product, it was almost impossible to find the ingredient the ingredients that I wanted in the United States, and it made me. So super annoyed <laughs> um, that we are now so reliant on other countries to produce things for us like simple botanicals that for me, I was like, I needed, I, I came to the conclusion that what I'm, what I'm trying to do is bring ingredients closer to home with what I'm doing, Brooklyn rooftop botanicals. It's, you know, and it's not just rooftops, you know, I'm doing this on rooftops to begin with, but I'd love to, you know, just in essence, try to see uh, or help people see that we need to relocalize our ingredients, whether in a, on a rooftop or in an urban setting and unused warehouses, um, and to just re reinvest in, in more urban agriculture um, so that we don't have to rely on such faraway places to to, you know, farm our our ingredients and, and then ship them through catastrophic climate changing, um, you know, ways. It's so that's that's really why. Oh my gosh, this is so amazing. And I just think listeners are gonna be so inspired, especially like one of the biggest things I've learned from my podcast is what a learning curve there is to growing vegetables. Mm -hmm. And I think that you're gonna give people hope and inspiration that, wow, maybe I don't have to deal with the vegetables and I could grow some of these botanicals and I could do this on my rooftop. Like I definitely have gotten a lot of questions about urban gardening. So this is just mm -hmm. fantastic. So what were some of the challenges of getting that dirt and those boxes up on the roof? Oh God. Um, yeah, I think that's the most difficult part. <laughs> um, yeah, actually installing all of the different planters, getting the right amount of soil per square um, foot, right? It's like a lot of calculating, a lot of finding the soil um you know i i do use yeah. just kind of local the local um warehouse uh, not warehouse um uh blah, 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 hardware stores um and, and garden centers to provide me with a lot of these things um but yeah I, a lot of the planters were were just built using some contractors um there are a lot of uh, urban um gardening contractors in in the city so it's it's great that we can kind of i can kind of talk to them and see like what what are the what are the best ways to build out some of these these planters and you know the materials to use 
Um, and there are urban garden contractors that just go around and build like garden yep. beds. Mm-hmm. Or they, or it's the green roof. So they actually, you know, hire engineers and architects and all of that to help people build out their green roofs. Um, and yeah, it's like garden designers. That's what they are. They're just more focused on rooftops and like adding in those extra pieces to make sure whatever you're doing is going to be kind of safe and compliant for anybody who's on that rooftop um, and to up to building code, right? Um, so yeah, there is, that, there is that extra component. It's not just like building in your backyard. You do have to kind of make sure everything is okay because like in cert, for some certain buildings, there's only a 20% allowance um, for, for wood to be placed on, um, on a rooftop. You know, if you're a commercial building space, um, if, if you wanna do a patio, planters don't necessarily um, come out to that percentage point, but um, you know, then the rest has to be plants or a green roof or whatever. So a few rooftops that I've been looking that I'm very interested in for the long term, that's exactly what they have. They have like basically 20% of their, their rooftop space is just um, ePay wood tiles for entertaining. And they have like a, a restaurant up there, but then the rest of it is just, you know, waiting to be transformed into something. And hopefully I can help them with that in the future. Um, but yeah, mm. it's, it's a lot of work to, to bring everything up and, and, and find and, and make sure like, you know, you're doing step-by-step step to, to make sure everything is safe and compliant. Yeah. Did you read Anastasia Colplacase's book? Yep. Uh, Brooke, I love that book. She, yeah. She's amazing. I, I went there. Yeah. Uh, so can people come see your places or do, is it just like for research and, and, so for, it's, and, for, do, it's, and for growing the yeah so they're 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 private rooftops right now um i mean one of them is my rooftop it's just like you have to come through my my apartment to get into to to the actual rooftop so it's so it's not it's not available to the public yet and the other one is a a good friend um you know and they have kids so it's like again i don't want to (laughs) like Um, open up the space so right now it is just for for like the purposes of of growing the beauty botanicals showing that it's possible building out my content you know for for people also to learn themselves how to do how to grow and then formulate for themselves um I really do hope uh that I can get a commercial space in the in the near future because the point is also with all of this is to kind of create a community space where people can visit they can learn you know and they meet up with new people it's 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 really what I what I'm striving to do awesome so what's something that didn't go so well last summer or didn't go the way you thought it was gonna hmm Good question. <laughs> you know, I don't think I don't think it's necessarily that something didn't do do well. Um, uh, I'm trying to like look outside right now as I'm like thinking. Because um, for me, like anything that doesn't do well is just because I potentially didn't do what the plant needed (laughs) like for me it's like I think there's always like a a better next time um because all the plants that I'm choosing to grow up here like they should be fine so it's just understanding that oh it didn't do well because the soil structure wasn't you know amended enough based on like what the plant needed or I didn't kind of change the soil ph enough or I didn't like water it enough or I water it too much you know it's kind of like 
I think that's, those are the reasons it's like, I wasn't, maybe sometimes I didn't, you know, I, I missed How the about mark something on new that you're excited to try or something different you're going to do this year. Something new that I'm going to do this year. You know, I think this year it's, I think I've done pretty well. Um, what I'm excited to do is just like so really, really expand on what I'm currently doing. Like really focusing on these two rooftops that are really close to each other af- actually really like focusing on them, growing as much as I possibly can on both of them and kind of showing, you know, making them extremely beautiful, um, grow, like, you know, very productive as well. Um, so that, you know, I can show that this is possible to, to expand next year. That's, that's really what I'm excited to do. Cause I, I've, I've grown everything that I, I feel like I'm, I'm capable that I'd like to grow, you know, again, it's, it's focusing on the things that I want to grow in order to actually, you know, then process and put into the products that I'd like to sell. Um, while I do have other ones that are more experimental, um, you know, it's, I have to kind of think about what is actually going to gonna make sense for me for, for now in the long term. Um, so where do you make the things? Do you make them like right in your kitchen in your place? Or do you have to go to like a laboratory or like, where do you produce your products? So I create the extracts here. Um, I have a little workspace that connects. It's like my little like guard, like I would say a greenhouse, indoor greenhouse space. Um, if you saw pictures, you'd understand. But I have like a little countertop um, that I use both for um, starting seeds and, and gardening, but then also for formulating. Um, and a lot of, a lot of the, um, the content that you see in terms of me formulating is on that countertop. Um, but so I create the extracts. The extracts then go to a laboratory. They go for testing. Um, they go through heavy metal testing. They go through different types of tests called USP 61, 62, and AAT. Um, I think it's called 41 or 52, one of them. Um, and it basically all those tests kind of show if there are any heavy metals in the botanicals, which is extremely important. And what people keep asking me, it's like, oh, there's pollution on the route in New York City and Brooklyn. And I'm like, no, there, it's, it's fine. <laughs> you have the pollution particles are down on the ground. They don't come that high up um, in order to contaminate a, a botanical. And I, and I prove that with my tests. Um, and awesome. you know, then- <laughs> I love this because people keep asking me these questions about is it okay to put rainwater and like, should I be growing my plants in a greenhouse because of the rainwater going to, and I'm just like, no, um, it's totally fine there yet. <laughs> it's totally fine. I have a rain barrel on my roof. Um, and everything's totally great. <laughs> um, and, and yeah, so then, they, so they go through all these different types of testing, microbial testing to make sure there's no like salmonella, E. coli to make sure that they don't get contaminated in the future. Um, I do use a small amount of preservative in my extracts because I just want to make sure that they have the longevity needed people. I know a lot of people are like, oh my God, preservatives for me. And based on the way that I worked, um, I worked in a, in a big company. And for me, in order to have a safe and compliant product, you have to put preservatives in your products. Otherwise you're, you're, you know, allowing your products to be exposed to all types of different bacteria and contamination. That is actually more dangerous for your skin than if you, um, than if you didn't. So, you know, for me, I put in uh, something called sodium benzoate and potassium sorbate in case anybody's interested. Um, and these are both on like the Credo, Sephora, like beauty clean list or whatever. Um, just making sure that we're trying to stay, you know, um, okay for, for those types of people who, who do care about like where their ingredients are coming from. 
Um, and, and then basically I have another laboratory. So then the extracts get sent to another lab that's in New Jersey. So close by, they're both in New Jersey. Um, so we're still in a, a little local area. Um, and then that's where the actual formulas get produced uh, by a lab called Flex Cosmetics. Um, and this guy used to work at Sal Salvona Technologies, and he basically started this little company to help small entrepreneurs, um, people who have great ideas like myself, to get off the ground. Um, and so he just takes the extracts, works with me on the formula, uh, and then he produces over there in a lab-controlled, safe environment. Because again, like the whole it's great for people who want to create their own formulas for themselves and use their own things that they made themselves because, you know, it's for them, but, you know, I'd be very wary. Um, or I would tell a lot of people who are looking to buy kind of more artisanal pieces, like to make sure that they're doing their research, um, when they're buying from people who are kind of creating things in their own kitchen, because it can be very, it can, and if, you know, and if these people don't have the preservatives, they're not testing their products, it's not a lab controlled environment, you know, it can be dangerous. So for me, it's, it's making sure that people understand that. I think, yeah, I think that's super important. And I've definitely bought stuff that was like rotten and, and I can totally see where that would be a problem. Mm -hmm. How about, uh, so this is kind of the part of the show we call getting to the root of the thing, getting to the root of things, which is kind of like a lightning round. Um, so do you have a least favorite activity to do in the garden that you gotta kind of force yourself to do or in making your botanicals? Um watering <laughs> my listeners are like that's right up jackie's alley <laughs> uh, irrigation is so painful <laughs> um you know like if Ooh, you get irrigation uh, it's so annoying like if you have water uh, up on the rooftop which you know for the the two that aren't mine they they did have water up there it, it was it was helpful um, but for my rooftop, I don't have a water source. I only have my rain barrel. <laughs> so oh. like figuring out like how to water all of the different plants on different schedules and then making sure that they're not overheating. Cause one day it's like 105 degrees. And then the next it's like 80. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> ugh, like it can be so time consuming and really annoying. Um, and you know, just you'll, you'll miscalculate like one day and then like one plant will just fry. Um, so again, like kind of going back to your, your question about what didn't perform well this year, I had two separate planters with lavender last year and like just one lavender, that one planter of the lavender, I like didn't have the same soil structure as the other one. I left it one day too much without water and it just like fried and all of a sudden the new one did fine and it's totally fine this year too. And I'm like, ah, <laughs> like so annoying. <laughs> Oh, but such golden seed you're dropping for my listeners, because that's true. It's so important. And soil, I mean, soil is definitely the all-time key to my show. Like everybody, it's it's been about that from the very beginning that, you know, what soil you're going in. And I think that you're putting out a lot of key things for listeners that when you're going in containers, it really changes like your responsibility to like, it's not like you're growing in the dirt and like, even though, or in the ground, even though like if you're amending your soil with compost, when you're putting in a container, it kind of like, yep. you really have to have that balance and, and dialed in. And so, and yep. my husband and I lived for six years without running water on our property at all. And we're still like have um, 
limited water supply like we have two wells now and still we run out of water almost every summer especially mm -hmm. by like august and so you wow. know hauling those hoses around and like yeah for everything we have lots of like he has what i call the mini farm which is like a big place where you can just put the sprinkler on now which is just like heaven i still look at it and like oh, i can't even believe we have a sprinkler but then i kind of <laughs> do the garden beds closer to the house and there's a lot of like these small beds and you're pulling hoses around corners then you have to move it constantly because there's small spaces and i i totally feel your pain so on yeah. the flip side Miana, what's your favorite activity to do in the garden? I mean, you just have like this total garden name. Like it's just, it's just like it comes off of your lips. Like it just comes off of your tongue nicely. Like I just love to say Liana and Lumquist <laughs> and just um, it's so perfect. But what's your favorite activity to do in the garden? Honestly, like I love just like sitting and staring at everything. <laughs> like while I'm like your place is so beautiful like <laughs> I was gonna say before like we'll all just have to content ourselves to looking at your gorgeous photos on your website I mean they are just spectacular soon soon I hope you can come and visit um no but like when I'm just doing all the different gardening tasks that I have to do like because again like everything I have so many different things growing and it's like okay let me look at what it has to do like what do I have to do with like my rose like oh is it you know do I have a black spot going on or do I need to prune a couple of branches because it needs to be aerated because of the black spot? Um, does it need to be? So it's like a lot of like me standing, staring at something for like a couple of minutes and then be like, okay. So then I go after it and like see what else needs to be done with the other plants who have potential similar issues. But it's, so it's like, it's kind of like nice just to like sit and like contemplate for a little bit, look at it. Oh, it's pretty like, oh, this is blooming or whatever and then do whatever I have to do. <laughs> talking to an elementary school teacher who loves lesson planning I totally and I spend a lot of time just sitting in the garden drawing and writing in my journal and and looking around and the more that I've learned from my podcast I find myself sitting down there and being like where are my pruners I gotta go do this now and like doing more just because of the yeah. things that I've learned and stuff how about what's the best gardening advice you've ever received um good one um I think. <laughs> uh, <laughs> whew. I don't know, actually. I'm like, where? You can come back to that. How about a favorite tool that you like to use? If you had to move and can only take one tool with you, what could you not live without? I think my Felcor uh, pruners. They're. Uh they're just like all around like they're with me like all the time <laughs> like because wherever I'm going like one rooftop to the next or even if I have a quick like look and I'm like oh crap like this branch broke off I have to prune it or whatever like it's it's just always with me so I think a lot of gardeners say that too though they're like oh, like, oh my folklore pruners or whatever pruners that they have that they love um yeah it's it's just like if without them, like I, I wouldn't be able to, to kind of go around and like fix things that need to be fixed. So it's, it's always, always those. <laughs> I'm curious, like, do you have like a pair for every garden or do you just have one pair that you just keep like on your tool belt or something or would you at all the time? So I have, um, I have like a gardening bag uh, with like all the different types of necessities that I may use during the day, actually. Um, so I took classes at the Brooklyn Botanical Garden and uh and one of the one of the professors there uh Shanti Nagel she actually has her own um garden design company also in um 
in uh, in New York, and it's called uh, what is it called? Design Wild, I think, New York. And she, so I kind of based my bag off of hers. <laughs> she has like the great, the most craziest things in there. Um, you know, I totally she, want to know that. Like, what's in your bag? You got me curious. Like, I've been waiting to ask you that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like it's so so again, you never know like what's going to happen in New York city and like when somebody's going to call or whatever. So like you have to think about, so she obviously had all the, like the, the ordinary garden necessities that you might need. Um, so she had the pruners, she had multiple pruners. Um, she had obviously, um, a garden shovel, uh, a small garden shovel, like a tiny one <laughs> in case she needed to like, um, you know, get something out quickly, like a tree or whatever, or like to help, you know, get some, a big tree out of, um, out of a pot. Um, so it was pretty funny for that, uh, but then she had also just necessities for if she had to like go out to dinner or drink. So she'd have like a, a little like a uh, toiletry bag with like her deodorant and then a, a little bottle of castile soap. And I was like, and I was like, you know, she was like, oh, what do you think all this? So she would show us all these things in the bag. And then she'd be like, what do you think each of them are for? So the castile soap, I was like, well, of course it's to then mix with neem oil and water to use when there's like an aphid infestation. She was like, no, it's actually to wash myself. <laughs> and I was like, she's like, yeah, but okay. Yeah. I could use it also for like <laughs> a little uh, aphid infestation mix too. I was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. And then she would obviously have a lot of sunscreen, which I on a rooftop, you absolutely have to have, you know, a roll up um, hat when you're out in the sun. Um, what else did she have in there? And like, what do, what do I have in there also? I mean, I have all my harvesting bags, all my burlap sacks that I stick in there for all the botanicals that I'm, that I'm, um, that I'm picking. Uh, lots of uh, twine, lots of, you know, uh, clips to help put, you know, pull together, um, different plants and, and branches together. If, you know, there's maybe some that are overcrowding another plant. Um, what kind so of clips like a clothespin? I use like, I use clothespins. I use butterfly clips. Um, but then I also just use twine. Um, cause like for, for roses, for instance, like roses, they're, 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 um, they're branched and their top branches. Are really skinny so like clothespins don't necessarily work um or some of the other things and you know a little like little butterfly kit clip the ones that you put in your hair you know just like stick them in there <laughs> it kind of blends in with the butterflies <laughs> oh i love all of this okay how about um well i usually ask like a favorite recipe you like to cook or eat i don't know does that apply a recipe that I like to cook. I grow a lot of strawberries. So yes, I use a lot of them for um, my beauty botanicals, but for my beauty products, but I also use a lot of them for strawberry tiramisu. <laughs> strawberry tea? What's that? No, it's tiramisu. Oh, oh, yum. Mm -hmm. How about a favorite internet resource? Where do you find yourself surfing on the web? I'm all the time on I would say like Monrovia is pretty a, a one kind of website that I'm on a lot um, just because I feel like they have a good amount of plants and they kind of tell you very specifically like where, which um, zones you can grow them. And so it's, it's, it's kind of like a good resource that I use a lot. Um, I'm on the garden planner, the, the old farmer's almanac garden planner a lot. Uh, I don't know if that's necessarily a 
website, <laughs> but yeah, I'm yeah, on there. that's a great one. Yeah. I'm on there a lot as well. Um, I think just all the different seed websites. So Burpee, Johnny's select rare seeds, um, strictly medicinal. I'm on there a lot too. Just always looking at like, what's new, what, you know, what's, what are they, you know, what are they suggesting or, or, or launching out this year or they've acquired this year? Uh, that's from like a gardening perspective, I would say, um, the spruces can be, can be interesting sometimes too, just like little tips and tricks. Um, I do follow the Epic Gardener a lot. I don't know if you know him. <laughs> He's all over TikTok and Instagram and on YouTube. He's everywhere. So I just like see what he's up to. He's he's in Florida though. Um, so it's like not the same climate at all or growing zone at all. But like some of his tips and tricks are are great. Um yeah, and I, I, say I he just came up with a book too, finally. Did he? I, I could be wrong, but I want to say. I got on some email list where people are, are like publishers are like sending me books and things and saying, you know, here's a, a PR, you know, mm -hmm. a, a release and a press release and, you know, this person's books coming out and I, I want to say, but I could be wrong. How about a book Probably. that you can recommend? Well, The Farm on the Roof by Anastasia, that, the one that we were talking about, um, that that's a great one, actually. Um, Hold on, let me go just go look at my shelf really quickly. <laughs> yeah. Be right back. All right, I'm back. <laughs> um, so I think some two others that I, I've really used a lot over the last couple of years um, is called The Plant Propagator's Bible by Miranda Smith. Um, yeah, just because you know that one. Yeah, my husband has that. That's a good yeah, one. it's a, it's a great one. Just because I don't think people also understand that you know a lot of beauty botanicals aren't necessarily sown from seed. You have to propagate them. Um, it's more it's easier to propagate them, uh, such as roses. <laughs> so, you know, I think it's it's great to understand all the different um, different botanicals that can be propagated, uh, and if it's easier to do so in that way. Uh, so it's a great one that I that I use a lot. And then from like an herbal medicine, um, beauty botanical perspective, just the encyclopedia of herbal medicine is pretty good. Um, I mean, that is not just for beauty botanicals. It has, you know, it's obviously about internal uh, herbal medicine as well, but it kind of gives you a good understanding of like the basics. Um, you know, it does tell you also which ones should not be ingested or don't use on your skin or which ones, you know, might be uh, more volatile than others. So, but I think it's a great, if you're just starting, like it's really great and very, very detailed um so yeah so i am so curious i don't want to spend a lot of time in this because one i gotta go soon and two i want you to be able to you know tell us more about your company and where to find out more info about you but mm -hmm. like when did you get your master's like how did you get a job in pr and like what are you doing to like promote your business like got any tips there because i know that's a big challenge for people is marketing yeah. Um, so I, I mean, I went for, I went to university for international business administration. So already I, I kind of started knowing that I wanted to be, you know, in the business world at least, or, you know, either like working in a type of marketing business oriented role or, you know, do my own thing. Um, I actually never kind of really 
thought that I was going to start my own thing. I thought like just being in a, a company and having a great role and kind of going up the ranks was all I needed. But as I got into um, my role um, at, at Arden and Revlon, you know, I kind of came to the conclusion that, you know, there was, there was just more that I could, I could do to like feel a little bit more fulfilled. And like, I, I didn't maybe feel like I was maybe appreciated enough or I don't know, everybody has these types of, of feelings um, when, when they're working and, and, and kind of thinking about like, what do they, what do they want out of their life? Um, and, you know, I, so what was your question? Just to say that. I don't know. How does somebody even like know that there is a degree in international business administration or that you wanted to go into that? Like that just blows my mind. Okay. I guess my listeners are probably wondering like, are you a rock star millennial born between 1980 and 1995? Yes, I, I am from 88. I was born in 88. <laughs> so awesome. I'm trying to write a book about the rock star millennials I interview on my show, but it's really <laughs> falling flat. Like when I actually like put the words down to paper, I don't know. I, but that's, it's my fault. I mean, cause the interviews are great. I get so excited. I love you kids. I just think you you're doing amazing things and look at this beautiful blog that you've created and these products that you're putting out and everything that you said and your compassion you're sharing about climate change oh this was something I want to ask you like did you like because in the anesthesia book they talk about getting a grant for like the you were talking mm -hmm. about like the wastewater like did you get any kind of grants like that or apply for any of that stuff or so not yet it's definitely something I'm looking at it just takes so long the processes in New York just take forever so you know I will I'm looking at it actively um, it's just doing it in the right time. And I obviously want to do it for when I expand, you know, when I actually get the bigger rooftop. So I'm, I'm looking at it now to hopefully potentially get grants, um, you know, later in the year, early next year. So, you know, the money gets put towards that larger rooftop. But yes, <laughs> definitely. Okay. So tell everybody how they find your website, how they follow you on social media, what products they can buy and how they can support you because we all want to see you succeed. And I, I just love everything you're doing. And Thank you. Yes. Um, you can find me at uh, brooklynrooftopbotanicals.com. Um, you'll, you know, if you want to shop my product, I have one product that I've just launched. Like I mentioned earlier, it's, I'm, I'm looking to, to launch more products in the near future. So keep, you know, coming back, but you'll see a little shop link on my website. You can also follow me on Instagram and on Facebook at Brooklyn Rooftop Botanicals. Um, I'm on TikTok. I do lots of cool stuff. Um, my username there is BR Botanicals because uh, they wouldn't let me use my whole thing <laughs> for some reason. Uh, too long, I guess. Uh, and and yeah, you can also find me on, on YouTube. You can find me on Pinterest. Same thing, Brooklyn Rooftop Botanicals. Uh, and I think that's it. I'm also on LinkedIn if you want to find me on LinkedIn. <laughs> Well, it's funny. That's what pops up first when you type your name into Google. LinkedIn. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> um, well, thank you so much for sharing with us today, Liana, and good luck with everything. And I hope, uh, you know, things go really well for you and listeners um, will check things out and, uh, and maybe we can hear back from you in a couple of years and see how it's going. Yes, would be amazing. Thank you so much for your time, Jackie. This is great. Oh, thank you. All right. You have a great day. You too. Bye. Hey, listeners. I know it's been a while since I mentioned this, but if you are a fan of the Organic Gardener podcast and you'd like others to be able to find it and learn from my amazing guests, um, 
I would so appreciate it if you could leave a review on iTunes. It just really helps others find the show and learn just like you and me. Uh, there's a link in the show notes. It's actually really easy to do once you get to iTunes. So, um, and you can get there right from your podcast app. Uh, you can get there online. If you're on um, the website, you can just Google Organic Gardener Podcast at iTunes or go to my website and there's links to connect you there. Um, but it would just really, really help if we could get a few more reviews on iTunes. So if you could leave a review for the show, uh, I would really appreciate it. And so would our planet. Thanks again for listening. And remember, grow local. Grow local.